Welcome to another episode of Strange Truth Podcast with yours truly, Akiba. And today we're going to go into the practical application of utilizing our psychic faculties, including extrasensory perception. You see, reading, just reading and having an intellectual understanding of our psychic faculties is not enough. That's just simply not enough. Being able to regurgitate and talk about uh, occult science, metaphysics, and other uh, subjects pertaining to spiritual topics is, is just not enough, man. You're utilizing the left hemisphere of your brain being logical and rational, and that is all good. But at the end of the day, it means nothing if it's not being used uh, if it's not being, if you're not being practical, if you're not applying what you are acquiring, you acquire the knowledge and then you apply it. That's wisdom. But before we go into that, it's a beautiful evening once again on your favorite podcast, Strange Truth. And we are sponsored by Herbal Magic, where you can get high-quality herbs at a very, very super low price. I believe sea moss mixed with bladder rack is going for $15 for 20, I'm a, 60, sorry about that, 60 capsules. We have Moringa and Ginger, which is also going for $15, around $15 to $18 for 60 capsules. And you can't beat this price anyway. You can't beat this price. You can't find this phenomenal price anywhere. And what you're doing when you're buying it, you're investing in your health. Now, sea moss and bladder rack is an excellent detox. I take it myself. Moringa and ginger is a very excellent multivitamin uh, containing a whole bunch of vitamins, vitamin A, B, C, D, K, oh man, uh, packed with amino acids, antioxidants, a lot of protein. A lot of vegan bodybuilders tend to use Moringa because it's packed with amino acids and protein. Yes, indeed. Now, what did the life of, we're going to go into a guy, a Chinese herbalist. By the name of Li Qingyun, who was born in 1677, and he did not leave the physical earth until the age of 256 years. Here you have a man who has lived the span of life for 256 years. Wow. Now, throughout his long life, Lee practiced martial arts. You know, it's real important to not only eat healthy, but it's also important to exercise too. When you exercise, you get a better, you, you help the blood flow through the body. You help, you help vitamins and minerals that you are taking to be distributed throughout your body in a very smooth and, uh, efficient manner as opposed to not working out because you, you get lazy your, your your muscles cramp up 
And when you're not utilizing your body, when you're not being active, the body goes and you have you have the body goes into a state of self-destruct mechanism. Basically, you know, if you're not using certain body parts, the cells in your body are semi-conscious. And what they do is they're getting a signal that they're not needed anymore. So what they do is just they just commit suicide and kill themselves. That's why you get certain body parts that become they, they not now you try not moving your arm or your leg for a long period of time and watch what happens to it. Now back to Lee, the 256-year-old herbalist Lee Ching Young who was born in 1677 and practiced martial arts continually and was a renowned herbalist. He was known to consume and sell the following herbs. Lee Zi, Goji Berry, Wild Ginseng, He Shu Wu, and Gotu Kola, along with other Chinese herbs. His diet consisted exclusively of these herbs and rice wine, supposedly Lee had also produced over 200 descendants during his lifespan and survived all 23 of his wives. In 1930, the New York Times printed an article publishing official and unofficial Chinese government documents dating back to 1827. These documents contained official congratulations on Lee Ching Yong's 150th birthday at that time. Later documents dating back to 1877 contained official congratulations on his 200th birthday. So here we have proof that a man has outlived the expected the, the life expectancy rate, which is about 72 years old. We do now and then find people who live to 100 or 150, but 256 year old, old. Now, how could Lee Ching Yun have possibly lived so long? Expressing his formula for longevity in one sentence, Lee said, retain a calm, retain a calm heart, sit like a turtle, walk swiftly like a pigeon, and sleep like a dog. <laughs> That was his philosophy. But it's just, it's just amazing that we have proof. Now, you're not going to really hear a lot of this stuff on mainstream media. Moving right along. Uh, what's in the news today? Vaccinations. Vaccinations. Now, I'm not knocking anybody who takes the vaccination. If you feel you need it, you need it. You know, um, vaccine, and it's a choice. It's a personal choice based off your personal uh, philosophy. Now, here's an article saying that vaccines are unsafe. Now, I'm not promoting this. I'm just reading and um, offering you a chance to think for yourself. Vaccination is the delusion that profit-thirsty institutions are protecting us from diseases. 
by injecting us with those same diseases, along with other hazardous chemicals. While there is some evidence that a very small injection of a virus enables the body to build up an immune response, the principal problem lies with other hazardous chemicals present in the vaccines. Consequently, this system of prevention is wide open to sabotage. The situation we have today that today is that current vaccines promoted by the pharmaceutical industry suppress our immunity simply by overtaxing our immune system with foreign materials like heavy metals, pathogens, and viruses. The heavy metals slow down our immune system while the viruses set up shop to grow in divide. It's like being chained and handcuffed before going swimming. Vaccines contain toxic chemicals such as formaldehyde, thermosol, aluminum, squalene, mercury, lead, antifreeze, RNA, DNA from animal tissues and aborted fetal tissues and other foreign proteins in the form of live Antunated or dead viruses and bacteria. The most common ingredient in any vaccine is formaldehyde, which the U.S. National Toxicology Program described as known to be a human carcinogen. So, if formaldehyde is a known cancer causing agent, why are we injecting it into people? In many cases, the vaccine additives are far more toxic than the viral component. Just something to think about for a chance. You know, you got to go outside the box. You got to get some, you got to get your information from other sources than the mainstream media sometimes. You know, think outside the box sometimes, you know. So we got to do, man. We got to start using our minds a lot more. Now, today, we are in the business in developing our psychic abilities. Now, the main thing with this is that even before you attempt to do these experiments... Because that's what they are, experiments and exercises. And just like anything, you have to exercise in order to build it up. From a physical standpoint, we exercise our muscles if we want strong, stable uh, muscles. You have to exercise them. You have to be active. You know, that's the same thing with our mental faculties and our psychic faculties. You have to utilize them in order to fortify them. In order to build them up. Because they've been lying dormant for so long. And we've just been taught in Western society to use the faculties of the left hemisphere of the brain. Which tend to deal with our rational and our logical mind. But we don't too much use the right hemisphere, the faculties of the right hemisphere of the brain, which deal with our intuitive spiritual faculties or creativity. Now, these are six keys to success in psychic experiments. Success in psychic experiments and demonstrations of psychic skill are based on the following factors. The first one is need. 
psychic ability is deeply rooted in your subconscious and therefore in your survival mechanisms. It is always there when you need it. And that's funny. He said subconscious mind. And for those of you who are not too familiar with the subconscious mind, I would recommend to get a book written by, I believe is was it Joseph Murphy called The Power of the Subconscious Mind? It'll give you a basic understanding of what the conscious mind is and the subconscious mind is. Going back to what we were discussing, the six keys to success in psychic experiments. The first one being need. The second, emotions. Psychic skills more about how you feel than what you do. Feeling is the secret. Feeling is the key. A lot of times we have that gut feeling, but we ignore it because, like I said, we were taught to rely on logic. If it doesn't make logical sense, it's not real. Ah, but to the contrary, it may be. The third key to success in psychic experiments is attitude. The mental and emotional the mental and emotional agreement that success is expected and will occur is the cornerstone that all efforts at consciously directed and controlled phenomena are built upon. Dare to do and you will be given the power to do. Simplicity is the fourth. Successful exercises and techniques are simple and direct. The less you have to think about the process, the easier it is to bypass the rational mind and access the subconscious. Now, remember, rational mind is dealing with the left hemisphere of the brain, which is masculine. The subconscious or intuitive mind. The intuitive mind deals with the subconscious, deals with the right hemisphere, which is associated with the subconscious. Moving right along. The fifth key to success in psychic experiments is humility. Boasting about, our, boasting about your abilities and experiences or discussing them too casually strengthens the ego left brain. Thereby cutting you off from your inherent spiritual connection with others. It is this connection that allows psychic con- contacts to occur between people. In psychic work, the greatest virtue is silence. Remember, the temple was built without sound of hammer or saw, meaning that the building of the temple takes place within the mind in silence. In silent meditation, one builds the temple. The sixth key to success in psychic experiments is detachment. The paradox of psychic work is that you must focus all of your energies upon a single idea and yet be detached from the outcome. One author stated that lusting after results kills the very success one is looking for. Another stated it this way. The iron rule is that what power one gets, he must himself acquire. He must not even desire to earnestly or passionately the 
object he would reach, else the very wish will prevent the possibility of its fulfillment. Now, the three challenges that we face is laziness. The first one is laziness. The second challenge is superstition and fear. And the third challenge is selfishness or ego. The first dealing with laziness. The greatest challenge to individuals wishing to develop their psychic ability is first their own inertia. Regular daily practice is essential. As with any noble undertaking or goal, effort must be put into it if it is to be realized. Laziness is overcome by setting a goal and a schedule and sticking to it. This is achieved by being inspired in your research enthusiastic about your desire for undertaking it and being confident that you your work is bearing fruit and will bear even greater fruit as your efforts continue the second challenge that we face us mystics those who are in search of their true self and trying to build their self up is fear and superstition Now, fear is dissolved through a constructive use of analysis, remembering that as it is above, so it is below. The universe is orderly, constructive, and you are a part of it as it is of you. According to an ancient Greco-Egyptian papyrus, there is no part of you that is not of the gods. Now, the third challenge that we face is selfishness or ego. Selfishness is dissolved by meeting with others. Dedication to an ideal greater than self and regular practice of meditation exercises dedicated to helping others. Now, meditation practice. Meditation is very important. It's very important and it and it yields a lot of benefits. Meditation, the benefits we get from meditation are stronger concentration, um, relaxation, the uh, reduction of anxiety throughout the day, and the fortification of our psychic faculties. Now, in meditation, when you wish to enter into meditation, that is to apply your powers of concentration and imagination to a specific purpose with a desired end in mind, find a location where you will not be disturbed. It can be physically and psychologically irritating to be interrupted when in deep thought. Sit with your back straight or find a comfortable position as you see fit. Now, you see, there's no set way to meditate. I know you all usually see people sitting in a lotus position, back straight and everything. You know, just find a position that's comfortable to you. That's what it's all about is finding your comfort zone. Not anybody else's finding your comfort zone. But it is important to keep your back straight. What I do is lay on my back. Spinal cord straight. And inhaling and exhale deeply through the nose. Relax after inhaling and relax after exhaling. Slowly and naturally without any strain. Then just breathe normally. 
Now, you may simply continue to breathe slowly and naturally and observe your thoughts as they arise. This is an important form of meditation that helps us realize how active our mind is. And we begin to see the kind of thoughts we have just below the threshold of consciousness. This is critical. Medi- this is a critical meditation in that as our thoughts arise, we observe them and let them go. If we find ourselves getting lost in a thought or idea, we release it as soon as we can and return to simply breathing and focusing on our breath. This meditation is foundational and critical in helping to recognize what constitutes a thought or idea from our own mind and what forms a genuine instance of institution, mental, into forms a genuine instance of intuition, mental projection, or other psychic phenomena. Now, if you're not too familiar on how to meditate, I'll give you one of my techniques, my personal techniques. When you're first learning how to meditate, it's very important to practice relaxation first. Before anything, so like I said, find a comfortable position. You can even just sit on a couch and lay back, making sure there's no strain in your body. Now, if you're having trouble relaxing, there's a technique that you can perform called smile on me. Now, what you're doing is you're taking your consciousness and you're relaxing your body. You're telling yourself, you're, you're giving yourself affirmations. You're talking to yourself. You start with your feet. And you tell yourself that your feet are relaxed. There's no movement in your feet. The left foot, the right feet, foot is, is at peace, calm, no anxiety. And you move up. Once your feet, you feel your feet relax, you move right on up to your ankles. My ankles are relaxed. My ankles are calm. My calf muscles are relaxed. My calf muscles are calm. You do this all the way up your body your legs, your, 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 your hips, your, your back, your spinal cord, your lower back, your, your middle half of your portion of your back, your stomach is relaxed because your breathing is peaceful and normal and you have no stress, you have no worries. Everything is peace. And you do this all the way, each body part, going all the way up, arms, shoulder, chest, neck, and your head. Once you get to your head area, your entire body should be completely relaxed. When you reach this state, and now it may take practice with anything, everything takes practice. And don't get discouraged if you don't get immediate results because just like a muscle in your body, what you're doing is you're working out your mental. You're working out and building your psychic faculties up again. Once you get to your head, now you should have completed your whole body by now. Your body should be relaxed. Once you get to your head portion, this is what you do. Visual, close. Your eyes should be closed. But if they're not, close your eyes. And within your mind's eye, it should be a black space, completely black, completely dark. Now, within the holographic picture frame of your mind, 
you draw, you visualize a square, a circle, and a triangle. Three shapes, or two shapes, depending on how, uh, you know, you can project images in your mind. I would say start off with two. But if you find that you can easily visualize two shapes in your mind, then do three. But if for the sake of simplicity, we'll start off with two. Let's say a circle and a triangle. We have a circle and a triangle within our mind. We focus on nothing but these two shapes. If any thought comes inside your mind, you immediately be uh, focused. You block that thought off by focusing simply on the on these two shapes. The goal of this meditation is to visualize these two shapes and these two shapes only. You cannot let your attention and your focus waver from these two shapes, no matter what. Now, as time goes, now what this does, the benefit is that, of course, concentration is getting stronger. Your focus is getting stronger. Your memory is getting stronger. Now, when you get more advanced, you'll be able to move these shapes around in your mind, focusing on nothing but these shapes. It's very important that you don't let your... Now, it will. If you're just starting off, your attention, your focus may waver from these shapes and other thoughts. You entertain other thoughts in your mind. That's because you're not used to doing this exercise. And just like I say, it's, it's nothing to be discouraged about. Because what you're doing is you're exercising, you're building yourself up into the God that you are. So, you focus on these shapes. You can move them around in your mind, up, down, circle on top, triangle, bottom, triangle, bottom, circle on on top. You move these shapes around in the mind. And like I say, when you get more advanced, you can move along the three and then four shapes, and then five shapes, you'll find that your mind will be getting stronger. Your focus will be getting more stronger. And and the thoughts that used to uh, disturb your focus will not, will not be able to do that anymore. And this is a powerful visualization exercise that you can do any time of the day. You take five or 10 or maybe even 20 minutes out the day to do these exercises and you'll find, prove it to yourself. You'll, it's, it's guaranteed that you'll just get mentally stronger. Your focus, your concentration and see what psychic abilities you have to be able to have a strong uh, focus and concentration. It also strengthens your willpower. The will, you know. So that's a basic visualization exercise. In advance, uh, creative visualization meditation routines, you'll be able to construct whole pictures, whole scenes in your mind, and you'll be the main character. And And this is how you manifest as well. But we'll talk about that later on in later episodes.
episode two. But for now, 